Hello and welcome to the Be Bold Fitness Podcast, the show where we talk about taboo topics in the health, wellness, and fitness space. No topic is off limits here. I'm your host, Tessa Breeden, certified personal trainer and nutrition specialist with a passion for helping women to get fit, feel good, and live boldly. Welcome, Kate Sybil Rude, licensed real estate agent. I am so excited to have you on the Be Bold Fitness podcast today to talk all of the real things in real estate. I feel like real estate in general is such a hot topic, but before we dive in, can you give us a little background information on who you are and where you're located? Yes, I'm so excited to be here with you, Tessa. Um, I love everything about you. So anything um, that I can be a part of, I want to jump in. So I am a realtor in Las Vegas, Nevada. I have been doing real estate for the last two years, just a little over last two years. Uh, Before that, I was in retail management and I spent many years with Starbucks. And then um, I was with a fitness company, which is where we met. Uh, True Fusion, and then I made the switch to uh, real estate. So like many people, it sounds like you kind of made that big career jump during COVID. What was that like getting into real estate at that time? It was pretty crazy, actually, because I, so I, I was building a new house. This was in 2019, and we closed on the house in January of 2020. Right after we closed, that's when I quit my job so that I could go, I wanted to like go all in. So quit my job in January. I officially started, I guess, February of 2020. And then as we all know, uh, what was it? March 13th, everything shut down. And I'm a mother of two. So I had two kids, uh, you know, that couldn't go to school that were, I was stuck at home and I'm like, okay, great. So I just quit my job I just bought a new house and now I'm stuck at home. How this is going well, you know? (laughs) So it was, it was really scary. uh, To be honest, during that time when I was stuck at home, that's when I discovered uh, TikTok and that was my new best friend, which I think actually served me well, just, you know, getting comfortable with that side of things, you know, because marketing is so important. Well, in, in all businesses, but especially with real estate. Because uh, I think the realtors that are successful, I mean, it's for a number of reasons, but one of the biggest things is just people knowing that you're in real estate so that, that you're top of mind and they reach out to you. And then of course, you know, taking care of your clients and, you know, effectively communicating and all of that. But I see so many realtors that get licensed and then like they'll have a friend that sells their house and their friend says, oh, I didn't even know. I didn't even know you had your license, you know, because then they'll say, why didn't you use me? It's like, well, so that's why it's so important that you just have to shout it from the rooftops that you're. you're yeah. And before we kind of dive into the hot topic that is real estate, what really inspired you to get into it? Obviously, you had been thinking about this prior to COVID, prior to quitting your job, but what made you say like, oh yeah, I really love real estate and it's something I want to get into? 
So for me, I had thought about it for many years and I, I had a lot of people tell me you would be so good at, you know, if you were a realtor, uh, and for a long time, what held me back was, well, taking the test number one, even though now I think about that, I'm like, that's so silly. Right. (laughs) Um, but I was nervous about taking the test the test. And then the other thing was just not knowing, you know, what you're going to make each month. So I was kind of stuck in that like scarcity mindset, I guess, where, you know, I wanted to play things safe. So in 2019, I lost my father and that's what really kind of changed my whole life um, and my mindset completely. Cause I just realized that, you know, we don't have any, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I fail the test, take it over, you know, or I don't do well. And I just go back to working, you know, a job that I had previously, like it's not the end of the world. So that I I think really, for me, that's what changed my just changed my life and gave me the courage to just follow my dreams. Awesome. Yeah, no, I think that's great. It's so funny that you bring up taking the test and having that scarcity mindset. I think that's what holds a lot of people back from any sort of success in not only business, but even taking it back to what I do on the fitness side of things. It's kind of this all or nothing mindset of if I don't pass something, then I've failed it versus that mindset mm-hmm. of if if it doesn't happen this time, it can maybe happen after I study harder or thinking financially. I mean, being a business owner or doing something like real estate where your income is really dependent essentially on your work that month and your sales or whatnot, it can be very scary, but there are a lot of benefits that come from that. And you really can reap the rewards if you put in that effort. And there's so much business out there in every field for everybody because there's a good fit for every single person in each field. So that being said, Let's dive in and kind of start on the real estate side of things, all the good juicy stuff. So how does somebody decide on a real estate agent when they are either looking to buy or looking to sell their house? So I think, you know, and again, just like you said, we're all different. And so, you know, I'm going to appeal to a certain person, but maybe not to another. Um, So I think you have to do your research, you know, if you like, say you just don't know anyone, you know, um, then I would just meet with several agents and see who you vibe with. That would be my advice um, to anyone looking. Uh, You know, you you just have to see kind of who you feel the most comfortable with. Um, Because really, it's such an emotional uh, journey, you know, especially right now um, in this market. So, you know, yeah, you want somebody that's good, that knows what they're doing. Um, and that you just, you know, you feel really comfortable with because you can have, there can be some really amazing agents out there that have done really well, but maybe they just don't vibe with you or that you don't feel like they're really understanding what it is that you're looking for. You know, it, I just think it's about a connection. Um, and I know that that might seem kind of vague, Um, but I think you got to feel so comfortable where you can say anything at any time, ask any question and not, you know, and just feel like they're going to 
um, really support you and listen to you and guide you through this process that we don't go through every day, you know, like, yeah. we don't know, like how to do this when you're not buying houses and selling houses every day. So it's, and we don't even learn, we really don't learn about it in school either. So, you know, it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to learn when you're going through it. And then on top of it, you have the emotional piece, you know? So what happens if you find a real estate agent and you think y'all are vibing and then you kind of start the search and you realize that this is like the wrong choice and you have royally screwed up? Like, are you allowed to go find a different real estate agent? Like, is that taboo or what's the rule of thumb there? Question because so there is this thing called a buyer uh, brokerage agreement And what that means is if you sign that, then you are obligated uh, to stay with that agent or at least to pay them uh, for if you, whatever house that you end up buying. I, there's a lot of agents out there that will only work with you if you sign that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's different opinions on this one for me personally, um, I, if, if you're not vibing with me, then that means that if we've already met, you've made the choice to go with me and then you're not feeling comfortable, then I haven't done my job properly or, you know, supported you enough uh, to work through any of those, you know, challenges. Uh, so I don't want you to feel like you're stuck with me. You know, <laughs> I want you to be with me because you want to be with me and I want to make sure I'm doing everything to make you happy and comfortable so that you don't feel like that, you know? So I, I just, that's not my style, but yeah, you have to, um, that's a good thing for people to know is if they sign that, you know, you, you got to understand what you're signing. So like do your research before you make that decision of who you're going to go with. Like, is it okay to kind of shop around for realtors? Absolutely. Yeah. You can totally shop around and then, you know, you can make those decisions in the moment. I mean, some people, there's going to be people that are like, oh, that's crazy. Like agents will say you, you sign that. Cause you know, you don't want, and it, and I see the other side of it because you don't want somebody wasting your time. Say you're working with someone for five months and then after five months they decide, nah, you're not the one for me. You know, that's a lot of time that you've invested into that person. So I get it. I get that side of it. But I, I just, me personally, I believe that if I am doing everything to the best of my ability and really, um, you know, helping my client, uh, I'm not going to be faced with that situation. And if I am, you know, I, I I take accountability for that. Yeah. I think you're like me, like, I'm definitely more of the emotional thinker type where there's a lot of rational decisions that would probably be smarter in business or life in general, but I really value the connections that I have with my clients or with the people around me. And that connection and that rapport building with that client is almost more important to me than any other aspect of the business or the financial side in general. I agree. And so. I, I believe by having that approach, um, it, it's, it's more sustainable and it's better long-term, you know, because 
I mean, that's just what I, I, that's like one of my core values, I guess. And, you know, when you feel strongly about something like that, um, you can't go against it. I mean, I just would never want somebody to feel like they are stuck with me. Like, yeah. that's not <laughs> way of doing business because, because on the flip side, you know, say you, say you lose someone because, you know, you didn't mesh well or whatever, but you leave on good terms. And, you know, that's, to me, that's better for your reputation than if somebody had felt like they were stuck with you and couldn't get out. I mean, I just don't think that that's a good way of doing business. And this, in this business, word of mouth is, I mean, so important. For sure. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. But I also think that speaks to just kind of character. I think for me, loyalty is a really big thing. And um, I'm very loyal to people that I have a connection with. And I think that, again, if you have a client and whether that client decides to stop looking or whatever, like having that relationship once it's built and once that loyalty is built Mm -hmm. up with them, then again, that reputation will take you pretty far, especially in your industry and just in life in general. So no, I think that's that's an awesome thing. That's a good point too. Like um, when you say, say, say you're working with someone and you don't, it's not that you don't want to work with that agent anymore, but maybe you've just decided you want to take a break from, you know, you're just, because again, it's emotional, right? And with a lot of sales, um, positions or sales training and all these different things sales related you know you it's all about closing the deal right like you want to just close 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 but with real estate you know this is such a big purchase for people that I would never ever want to pressure someone into making a decision you want to provide them with all of the facts right like give them the insight as to what is going on in the market and, you know, tell the, give them information, right? But at the end of the day, it's their decision. Like if they want to wait, then they want to wait and you support that. But I do think there's some agents out there that, and, and I don't think that's intentional, um, but I think some of them can unintentionally make their, their clients feel bad. And so then the client kind of is like, I don't know if I want to call them again, you know, because they yeah. maybe felt assured or judged or whatever, you know, and you, you have to educate your client, but then you have to just, you're there to guide. That's it. You know, you're not driving, you know, the car they are, and you're just the GPS. (laughs) There you go. What a great analogy, but we all know how bad those GPSs can be. So hopefully, (laughs) hopefully you're more reliable than that. I'm just kidding. Um, Okay. So, Kay, I want to talk about how somebody knows when it's time to make the transition from renting to buying. Now, let me also preface that a lot of things are going to come into play, whether one, you want to buy, but what if you're in a place where you think you might be ready to buy, but you're financially trying to figure out, does it make more sense to spend X amount on rent. Let's just say you're spending over $30,000 a year on rent Mm -hmm. in an expensive city. I know obviously I'm in Austin. It is a booming city in terms of real estate, but so is Las Vegas. And so when do you say, okay, maybe it's time to start looking at buying versus renting because it's just getting so expensive to rent? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great question. And I think it depends on so many things, you know? Uh, so 
I mean, this is where you would get with a, a lender and see like, what can you actually qualify for? Like, can't, can you buy, um, you know, and then there's so many things that affect uh, what that looks like. So depending on your credit score and how much debt you have to income, all these different things. Because, you know, if you have a higher interest rate, let's just say, um, you might want to continue renting. I mean, it just depends. Like, and how much money do you have saved up? How much money do you have in the bank so that you can put um, some money down? Uh, there's all these different variables. So depending on the person's situation, if you have the money, this is what I would say. If you have some money to put down, you're you know, get a decent um, interest rate. If you're paying the same or even a little bit more to buy each month, I would advise you to buy because then at least you're not, I mean, when you're renting, you're just, that money is gone, right? Like you're just giving that away to the, um, the landlord each month. But if you, for instance, I'll just give you an example. So um, I actually, we bought our first investment property um, well, year, it was 2020, December 2020. And we bought this house for, at the time, 295000 And we've been renting it out. Well, now the value of that home is almost 400000 mm. So that's a lot of equity, right? And I have a tenant that is paying the mortgage on that place plus some. So then we have some cash flow each month. And then we also have gained, you know, over, well, about a hundred, about a hundred thousand. So I won't make you do the mental math. Yeah. But so that's the difference versus if you just throw 30,000 into renting, you're never going to see it again. Yeah. So, but again, it just depends because if you don't have, you know, you got to look at the numbers really, depending on where you're at. Like what's the rent? What is your personal like situation look like with your mortgage? The payment going to be, you know, how much can you qualify for to buy? So there's just so many different things, but yeah, I'd say if it's pretty, um, you know, similar to what you're paying in rent or even just a little bit more, I would definitely advise you. Yeah. And I think it's always a really interesting thing to talk about because I obviously have friends that are in there anywhere from their late 20s to mid 40s, really. And I still hear it a lot that people almost would like rather rent than buy. And what like what are your thoughts on that? I'm just curious because again, I think it does come down to personal preference, what people <laughs> want, but does that like make your ears burn or <laughs> I think I, I, like I said again, it depends on your situation. Uh but yeah, if you can buy I don't understand why you wouldn't buy because it's an investment and, uh, you know, I would rather keep my money than give it to someone else. Yeah. You know, it's always so crazy. And again, especially in Austin, um, I'm currently looking to move and just the rent prices are so astronomical Mm -hmm. and 
the amount of income that they require on these properties. I just had applied to a property and they want you to have like four times the income of the rent. And you're like, Mm -hmm. how are people even qualifying for any of these places? And if they are qualifying to rent these places, I mean, if you're paying $1,500 a month for rent, there's a very good chance you're probably not making over 70,000 a year, you know, like if you were, I mean, maybe you are and you just don't want to spend your money on rent, but I don't know. That just seems very odd to me personally. Uh, but it is always just, again, really interesting to look at everything and how much money you're just shelling towards rent every single month to not even be able to like paint your freaking wall, um, change your light fixtures. (laughs) Right. Right. Have you, I mean, I've heard the younger people like in their twenties, um, have been doing, I think it's called house hacking, where say you buy a house, right? And you rent out a couple of rooms. So basically your roommates, they pay your mortgage plus some. So you're, you know, building all this equity and making money, you know, because, you know, when you're younger, you can, you are fine with roommates and whatever. Um, But, which I think is actually quite smart. So if you can, you could do that because then you can turn around and sell it whenever or keep it, continue to rent it out and get another place. I've been hearing about that. Yeah. I mean, that's actually smart. No, I haven't heard of that, but I do know people that like friends of friends where the parents have purchased houses while their kids were in college and then they were paying either the rent of their kids' places or the kids were paying the parents and then their kids that were living there had additional roommates that were paying the parents for the rent. So I guess it's essentially the same thing. It's just the parent in that situation purchasing that home and turning that into a rental property for like college students because in places like Reno where it's a small-ish city um, and the school is growing so rapidly, there's very limited student housing. They've obviously built more since I graduated, but it's always been a situation where there's like not enough student housing available. And so that would really be the best option for people to um, have that investment property and know that they had consistent renters. Now, then they have to consider what the renters are doing to their house if they're college students, but that is another thing too. If you do have rentals, um, you do have to take that into consideration, but, and then there's a, I mean, a lot of people doing Airbnbs, which I don't know as much about that, um, from the investment standpoint, but I want to learn because I know that is very lucrative as far as an investment. Yeah, I've got a friend in Texas and she said they have, I think they have like three or four properties that they Airbnb. She said it's super easy. Um, And I mean, again, depending on what city you're in, Mm -hmm. Vegas or really anywhere in Nevada, Texas, all really good cities because there's a lot of large events that happen. Like in Austin, there's ACL, there's South By, there's all of these events constantly happening. And so people can just shoot up that price and people are willing to pay it or it's a a destination where a lot of like bachelor bachelorette parties happen and so a lot of people on the east side in austin buy these brand new homes and will either live in them part-time and then airbnb them out for a couple of months or they'll just have investment properties that they use just for that i knew somebody he was he lived in his house it was a huge home for a single guy and he just Airbnb'd it pretty much every weekend and would go 
hang out with friends or go up to the lake or do something because he worked from home and was able to do that and makes pretty darn good money on it. It's harder here in Vegas um, just with our master plan communities and the HOAs. So you can do like a long-term rental, right, where somebody signs a a lease for a year, um, or I think some like corporate, like 30 day type rentals, but you can't do the Airbnbs in a lot of, uh, the HOAs here. Um, but we would be, I mean, it would be a good spot, right? Cause a lot of people come here. I think in Henderson, maybe, I don't know. I should probably. Even like downtown would be awesome. That's really where all that stuff. I mean, nobody wants to drive from, downtown Vegas to Summerlin in the burbs when they're there for <laughs> for an event but that yeah. makes sense yeah. so when somebody is ready to buy a house and they've decided it's something that they are ready for like what kind of things do people need to look for are there things that they should be aware of when buying houses um, or give us a little bit about like how you essentially guide your clients through like starting that search Well, typically people will know the area that they want, right? Like I've yet to come across a situation where they they don't know where. Is that like the most important thing to know where you want to live? Well, location is important. You know, what's the saying? Location, location, location. As far as real estate goes, because each, like if you just take – um, you used to live here, so you know there's different um, parts of town and different zip codes they will appreciate more than others. Um, but so the typical process, though, is you say you get a new client and they're a buyer. And what you'll do is you'll set them up on a search and you'll put in certain criteria. So which zip code do you want? You know, what's the price, right? What's the maximum price? How many bedrooms? Uh, do you want a single story or a two story? Do you want a pool? Blah, blah, you know, all these different things. And so that's kind of how you start the process. Um, and then once you find one you like, then you're going to get a home inspection. And in that home inspection, that's where you're going to see how everything is functioning in the home. And, and during that period, you have what's called a due diligence period. And that can be anywhere from, you know, five to 15 days or, and that's where you get your inspection. And you, you can actually say, okay, this house has too many things wrong with it. Like, let's just say I'm not comfortable. I'm going to back out. So then you get your, your earnest money back or your good faith deposit. So you have that time to see, um, and most of the time, you know, what happens is some things will be found and then you agree with the seller as to what they're going to fix or they're going to provide you a credit so that you can fix once you close. So, I mean, that part, there's other professionals, I would say, that help to, um, you know, find things and uh, advise accordingly. So the realtor, uh, they're not the whole you know, they're, they're not your like number one advisor, I guess you could say. Like there's multiple hands stirring the pot. Yes. But there's so many different experts and professionals involved in a real estate transaction so that you make sure, you know, you're doing your due diligence to the right decision. 
Yeah, it can be really stressful. I tried to buy a house in Vegas and oh gosh, what was that? Like 2016, 2017, right around there. And just the process was something that I had never experienced before. And it was a lot. And like you said, it is so emotional and just like figuring out what area you want to live in and really like understanding what's happening in that area, what what is around that area. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really big on location too. I know that when I was looking, everyone was saying like, you can, you, you can do anything to a house to make it to your liking, but you can't pick up a house you like and put it into a location that you like. And I feel like that's even the same when you're renting. Like right now, as I mentioned, I'm trying to move and it's really been a matter of like, what location do I want to be in? Because I don't want to be in a bad location. I can make any apartment livable, but I can't make every location livable. So I think that is really important and a good thing for people to remember because you may fall in love with a house, but it might be in a location that you don't love. And that's really where it comes down to the importance. I mean, um, and then right now it's, it's like just on a whole nother level as a buyer, you know, because it's so competitive that, I mean, I try to set up my clients, like I try to set the expectation right now um, in this market so that they're not totally defeated because because of the fact that it's so competitive, you've got to have an agent that does their homework. So say you find a property, like you, you should call that uh, listing agent and see you know, do they even have a shot at this one, right? Depending on what you're up against with other offers. Because every single, every listing has multiple offers right now. So you have to figure out, okay, do we even waste our time pretty much? Because it's exhausting when, you know, as the buyer, you're signing all of these different offers, you're getting excited and then to get let down. But if you would have just done your research or your agent did the research ahead of time and see, okay, maybe this one's, it's not looking good. So let's move on and let's go to the next one. You know, it just depends because each seller, just like each buyer is going to want something different. Um, Some sellers, they don't want all cash buyers. They don't want some investor to come in. They want it to go to another family. You know, they want somebody to love their home as much as they did. Um, Or they are close with their neighbors and they don't want it to become a rental or whatever. So that's where our job is so um, important. And I guess that's something to ask um, when you're looking at uh, agents to work with is like, what is their process for that? What is their strategy for like helping buyers right now? Because right now it is more competitive than it's ever been. And you don't want to get these buyers like so burnt out. Like they need to just go into it with the right mindset. Like we're going to be diligent and we're going to find the right uh, houses that make sense for us to put offers in on and we'll put the offer in and, and then the agent needs to be aggressive with the communication. You know, I can't believe I had this listing in December and the price point that it was at, it was listed at 369. That's a very competitive price point. I had over 30 offers. It it was only shown for a week. Of those 30 agents that submitted offers, I had about three of them that were consistently blowing up my phone and communicating with me and really fighting for their client's offer. So that's not great. You want an agent that's going to fight for you. I feel... 
I feel for these people. I mean, I feel for myself. Like in this market, buyers. <laughs> I mean, it's no joke. And there's some funny stuff out there, like TikToks and Reels, right now. But yeah, you gotta have a you gotta have a strategy, a system, and you gotta have the right expectation. Otherwise, you'll literally get so burnt out as a buyer right now that you'll want to give up and rent if you don't yeah. have, go in the right way. I mean, some people just put in offers blindly. Let's put an offer here. Let's put an offer here. Let's put, well, you know, don't waste your energy if if your offer doesn't have a chance. You know, depending yeah. on the situation. Yeah, and Ari, I know obviously we've had this conversation. There's you have to talk to lenders and whatnot when it comes to the financial side of things. But do you know, like, are there things for first time home buyers, small business owners, things like that that are available out there? If somebody's like. I want to buy, but I'm a small business owner. And like you, you don't really know what your monthly income always looks like. Right. There's, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of different uh, programs and things out there. And then that's again, where the lender would come in. And and then that's another point to make is just like with realtors, um, you know, you want to be selective, right? With who you work with. Same thing with lenders. You know, you got to feel really comfortable with the lender and, and you can shop around. I think it's like 30 days you can talk to many lenders and see, okay, they're all going to ask for the same things, but then see what rate they provide you with um, and what programs they have. And that is very important. I would recommend everyone do that and just don't go to just with the first one that you meet. Awesome. No, that's great. And I think that there's a lot of information on some research that should be done prior to deciding if you're going to buy or if you're going to continue to rent where you want to buy what your options are, et cetera. And so, Kate, thank you so much for sharing all of that knowledge. But I want to dive into some other fun things that are still real estate related. But um, we all want to know, what's it like working in real estate? Do you feel like you're on set for Selling Sunset every day or what? Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> my- um, <laughs> God, wouldn't that be great? Um, so... Let's see. What do you mean? As like, tell. Are there any like good crazy stories you have to share? Is like, what's the craziest thing in the past two years that you've experienced yeah. in real estate? So I'll never forget this time. I it was Halloween and we were showing a house and we're walking through and I hear this noise and I'm like, what is this? And maybe it's like a Halloween. Thing, you know um that's making noise like a decoration yeah and I get a little closer and I open the door to the laundry room and it's a monkey a real monkey <laughs> it's going crazy I mean it is not happy that people are was in, it in a cage it was in a cage but my clients and my uh <laughs> business partner at the time she walks by to go show the garage, right? And this monkey reaches out of the cage and grabs my business partner, her shirt. All of a sudden, I see her head go back and (laughs) her scream. And I'm like, I am not going anywhere near that monkey. I mean, it like scratched her. And I just thought, wow, you know, um, hmm. This is different. You know, this is something I haven't seen before. So that was pretty funny, the monkey story. Um, oh, was it? Oh, my gosh. I need to know. Was this like a tiny monkey? Like, did anybody forewarn you that there was going to be a monkey? No. And, okay, you know, um, 
on Friends, Ross's monkey. It was about that size. I don't know if <laughs> that's what it looks like, but it was angry. I mean, it was an angry little thing. Um, so that's amazing. Yeah. I was not expecting that. Maybe that is angry. like top notch. Wow. Yeah, I I would advise uh, if you have any exotic animals, you know, you put them somewhere because that could be. That could, I mean, you, think about that. That could be a problem if the they it, you know it hurts someone. Um, and somebody, you know, so yeah. That wow. Was, that okay, was, that's good. Um, and then I remember. Okay, one of my first deals because when you start, right, you're not. It's not like you're. You got to build it up your business. So, um, going back, I guess to my experience, I started in February. Then I was stuck at home, and then I think I finally like got back out and showing houses in. I want to say April. Um, and then my first, my first deal was going to close. Well, my first deal closed in May, but then I had this second one and it was a pretty big one. So I was really excited about it because, well, I mean, to just be closing another deal is exciting, but financially, you know, I was like, yes, good. Okay. I need this because I had gone however many, you know, months without any income had my client, uh, we were about to close. It was maybe a few days before. Okay. And they called and they're like, I don't, we don't know if we want to go with it. And at this point they were going to lose their, um, earnest money, you know, cause they were so far into it. So they would lose like $7,000. Um, and they're like, yeah, I just, we don't know, you know? Um, and I'm thinking, Oh my God. In my, in my head, I'm like, Oh Lord, please. No. You know, cause I'm counting on this commission. Right. Um, but you can't, you can't express that to your client. You know, this is their, their decision and you're representing them and this is about what they want to do. And so Mm -hmm. I just remember in that moment, I was like, you know, I had to obviously support my client, which, but it's so many emotions that you're going through at the same time. So it's like, how do you balance all of that? Right. And that fear and that anxiety and, and then also to comfort your client and, and try to, you know, support and advise them appropriately. And so I remember it was just like, you know what, let's, why don't you sleep on it? You know, and like, let me know in the morning. I know this is a big decision because they were moving from another state. And so it was a big move for them and I said just think about it and uh and see how you feel in the morning and let me know and then by morning they had come to the conclusion that they they were okay with it and they wanted to move forward but those are the kinds of moments I guess that aren't really talked about you know mm-hmm. um where it's like yeah you you know it's not like you're getting that paycheck every um month I mean that's that's how it should be once you get everything built up. But in the beginning, it's hard. Um, and so, yeah, just balancing those emotions for yourself, um, I think is really important. And, you know, you can, it's scary at times, but you just have to hang in there. Yeah, no, that's definitely got to be stressful. But yeah. as as you, you mentioned the monkey story, um, nothing will be topping that. So <laughs> I'm sorry, that's... but nothing can top the monkey story. No, and I until did, that day comes. Uh, I have a friend that's an agent in Michigan. And I saw him recently. He was in town. And he, this one's pretty good too. I think it might top the monkey. So um, he was showing this house and, you know, in Michigan, they have basements and stuff. 
Uh-huh. And so he's showing this client, goes down to the basement, and he opens the store, you know, showroom. The owner of the home is in there, completely nude, just <gasps> lounging. Just lounging there, even though he knows showings are going on. And the guy's, I mean, he he goes, I uh, immediately shut the door and <laughs> moved on. But I'm like, okay, that one's on another level. Um, I'm so glad that wasn't me. I have not experienced that and I hope I never do um but yeah I thought well that's interesting okay wow yeah I'm sure that people experience some really really interesting things I mean when I even looked at homes just like the filth in people's homes oh it's just really horrifying again looking at apartments I looked at apartments all weekend long and Oh, they're going so fast that I don't think people are actually going to view them in person. And so they're able to get them off the market really fast. But some of the things I saw this weekend, I was truly horrified by, oh my gosh, just filth. Disgusting. I know. You keep your place so, so immaculate. Like, um, (laughs) which I mean is great. Like that's how it should be. But, But what shocks me is like, if you know somebody's going to be showing it, like it's not like it's a surprise, right? Like you put your realtor put the key in the lockbox. You know, <laughs> like maybe put your stuff away, like so that it looks better. I mean, right now it's like you don't. These homes are selling so fast, and there's not enough of them that yeah, you don't have to do anything pretty much. But um, but you should. I mean, that's just it is. It's it is shocking. Oh, hey, I mean, I guess everyone beats to their own drum. Uh, and some people apparently beat to the drum naked. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> noted, noted. Yeah, no, Kate, I really appreciate you coming on and talking all things real about real estate and just kind of giving an insider view on what to look for, um, a little bit about you and really trying to figure out when the right time to buy versus rent is. So where can people find you should they want to work with you in the state of Nevada? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, um, I always love spending time with you, of course. And you can find me on Instagram uh, at Kate Sells Vegas. It's been a pleasure to have you and to talk real estate. And if anybody has any questions for Kate, I'm sure you can send her over a DM and she will get back to you pretty quickly. Um, Again, we'll leave all that information in the description of this podcast. But Kate, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. That's right.